Thank you for taking the time to listen. Church Hurt is real. We would like to hear your story to help others who have been abused in church. Only when we speak up can we begin to heal from the pain. Please send your story confidentially to the email witminyahoo.com. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. said these things are written that we might believe and that we may have hope and encouragement through the scriptures so these things are written in a past time that we might have this hope and it only comes through the scriptures so last week we finished up chapter four and everybody clapped their hands and everything that was funny but now we're going on to chapter five amen we're going on chapter five and a little bit of review we're going to do the last thing we looked at in chapter four was the fact that uh jesus healed Simon's mother, okay? After he had cast out the demon that recognized him in the church, in the synagogue. And, and, and let me give you the definition of a synagogue. A lot of people ask me that, and I, and, and I remember. A, the definition of a synagogue, because I told you what it's made up of, of at least 10 men, but a synagogue is actually the place of learning. Is the place of learning. So when you hear Jews talking about they go to the synagogue, they're going to their place of learning. Okay? okay, that's what. Yeah, they go to the place of learning, and thank, and, and, and that's why it's important that we learn. Place of learning. But what I was telling you earlier, Sister Luwade, a lot of times Bible study turns into church service, but the average person doesn't know. They think they're getting Bible study, but when you ask them to explain Scripture, they can't. And if you can't explain it, how can it have an impact on you? You can't. You can't. If you can't explain what you read and it matches up historically to what it really meant, then what you've done is not, not you haven't done the person any good. They had service, but they haven't had a chance to uh, grow, okay? They haven't had that chance to grow. So we just wanna thank God that we have this chance. So like I said, chapter four, in the chapter four, Simon's mother, the demons, we have omnipotent, uh, 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 power in God to whereas he has the ability Jesus has the ability proving that he's God to cast out demons and to heal the sick you have to remember the purpose for Luke's writing was and Luke is a Gentile forensically re, or, uh, forensically meaning going back looking and talking and interviewing people so that this person or people that's called Theopolis can have confidence in what he's been taught okay that's the purpose for Luke. So he can have confidence in what he's been taught. So let's open chapter five. Okay. And I'm going to start reading. Let's look, let's open, let's open chapter five. We get it. Verse it is. We're going to go through one through 11. All right. Are you going to open the prayer? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Heavenly father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time of studying, meditating, 
and on your word because your word is the gospel the good news yes. and lord as we go forward lord let the holy spirit have his way in each one of these vessels of clay and all over lord to teach us and bring us into the truth of god's word in jesus name amen amen, amen. so let's look at luke chapter 5 i'm gonna start at verse 1 okay ready on one occasion, the crowd was pressing towards near Jesus to hear the word of God. And he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. And the fishermen had gone out of them to wash their nets. And getting into one of the boats, which is Simon's, he asked them to put out a little further from the land. And he sat down and taught the people. And when he finished speaking to Simon, he said, Put out into the deep for nets for catch. And Simon said, Master, we worked all night. We told all night. We haven't caught anything. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they have closed a large number of fish. And the nets were even breaking. And the partners in the other boat to come on, help, help. And he filled both the boats. So they began to sink. So when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who are with him were astonished at the amount of catch of fish that they had. And also James and John, sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, I will make you fishers of men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Amen. Everybody says, Amen. 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 And I've got a question. What? Jesus said in the red, he said N-E-T-S. The rest of it, why does it say N-E-T? Net, not nets. I don't know. Just, just Okay. Yeah, just they, they, I was just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Let nets, let a net down. I mean, the the, the, the just depends on what version you got. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it depends on what version you got. So what we have is a narrative. And what we do with narratives, I want you to say this. We want to observe. Say observe. Observe. What's going on. Okay. Okay. So we're going to look at it forensically. Okay. Just like Luke did. And we want to draw a principle out of it, not necessarily a doctrine. Okay. A principle that we can see the character of God. Anytime I say we're trying to draw a principle out of this, we're trying to draw a character of God that we may not have seen. All right? We're not going to even go bounce around scripture. We're going to just stay in this story. So what we have in the first verse, free to read verse one. From the NASB. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake at Gennesaret. Okay, read two. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. So this is what we get to see. If we go back to chapter 4, they wanted to keep him because they watched him do all these miracles. Remember, he had stayed up all night healing and casting out demons. He had to withdraw, but they wanted to keep him. Well, who wouldn't want to keep somebody who has omnipotent power? Say omnipotent. omnipotent. That means all power. Okay? All power to do what? Heal. So what, what they did, they want to keep him. But Jesus said, look... I have to go preach this good news to all the villages, to everyone. So I must leave. So we don't know how much time between now and chapter five, but now he's on the on the road. He's he's taking his ministry on the road. And what let me tell you something. 
He preached the same thing over and over again. He started with Isaiah 61. Mm -hmm. The good news. Mm -hmm. You see, what he would do is preach the good news out of Isaiah 61 of what he came to do. The sight, to, the, the, those who are blind and receive sight, those who are, are bound be set free, mm -hmm. those who are captive to be set at liberty. All of those things that we know uh, are the lame walk, the same thing he told, uh, going to tell uh, John the Baptist's disciples, go tell him this. Basically say, what I've come to do, I'm doing. In spite of your circumstance. And I don't want to be, get bogged down in that, but he would say that and then he would begin to teach. The one thing that you know that I harp on that I believe churches are lacking today is solid teaching. True. And pastors who are really studying the word of God, not necessarily studying somebody else, a scholar, to read to you. But to study, to show thyself approved, a workman that now won't be ashamed, that can rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? That's what you want. That's what's, op that's what's optimal. So we have chapter 5. Jesus is at the Lake of Gennesaret. He, 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 he's sitting there. He, he, and people are coming around. They're hearing about him. They come to hear him teach. Simon, Peter, James, and John have been out fishing. There's two boats sitting there. One is probably Peter's. One is probably James and John. They are all partners, and they have been fishing all night, doing what they normally do. And fishing, even today, is hard work. Yes, if you've ever seen the uh, TV show Wicked Tuna, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard work. So when you watch some of these programs where they fish with these large nets, they would go out at night because fish come in closer to the shore to feed at night. They would let their nets down and they'd be weighted. And what would happen would be whatever fish came down, it would get into the net. And then what they would have to do as it became morning and they felt the fish were going back out to the deep, they would have to pull in these nets. Now, these nets may stretch a, a half a mile to a mile across. So you got to pull all that in. So it was a rough job, rough on your hands rough on your body, but they were fishermen. And this is what they normally did. A lot of people paint this as they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Yes, they are. They're fishermen. You fish at night. You fish early in the morning. You don't fish in the middle of the day. Like today, you wouldn't fish like now. It's too hot. The fish are too deep. So, And they might not be feeding. So you have this situation where, where they are, are fishing. They fished, and guess what? They've done what they normally do. They catch nothing. That is nothing big on that. They are where they're supposed to be. They're doing what they do for a living, and they didn't catch nothing. They're over there. In this time, they will be mending their nets, preparing for the next night. Okay? So Jesus comes up. He begins to teach. The crowds begin to press on him. And then what does he do? He gets in one of the boats, and he tells them to push out a little bit. Now the geography of that area is such that when he pushed out the boat, the water was like an echo chamber behind the valley that was behind him. So it was like magnifying his word. So he could speak to a lot of people, but he had to pull out from them. Okay? So it was like a PA system. It was like the, a modern day PA system. Okay. So he pulled out from, from them and began to teach them okay. because they came, now listen to what it said. They came to hear what? The word of God. Read verse three. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, 
and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. He began teaching the people from the boat. Okay, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. So now he looks over to Simon and James and John and whoever else was there. He says, look, after he finished teaching. So he's done teaching. There's a whole bunch of people there. Mm -hmm. He says, he turns to Simon and says, you know what? I want you to put out your net again. I want you to do something different than you normally do. And then Simon's response was what? Go ahead. Next verse. When Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. That, that's key. Master recognizes his authority. Because you have to remember, he'd already seen his mother-in-law healed, right? Yes, yes. So he recognized his authority. You know, and again, they still don't understand who he is. But they know that he has some kind of power and they want to believe it's from God. Mm -hmm. They may just think he's a prophet because prophets did miracles back in the day. But they don't know yet. So he calls him master, very respectful. And then he explains to him, look, master, I'm a fisherman. I know how to fish. We don't fish in the middle of the day. That's futile. That don't make no sense. Why should I do that? But based upon what I experienced yesterday or a couple of days back or a month back, I'm going to go ahead and do as you wish. And again, believe me, I can see James and John and saying, man, you go ahead and do that. Because uh, <laughs> we know there ain't no fish out there. We've been fishing all night. I know the fish ain't there. And, and I, you know, we love Jesus. You know, we believe in him. But come on now. Who, you know, you know, there, there's this ain't the way we normally do things. But then Peter relinquished himself and kind of gave in, humbled himself. And you see this beginning, the beginning of Peter's enlightenment is the start is always humility. The one thing you were talking about earlier, and I'm not going to go into that. The one thing we have to do is the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God and humble yourself before him. You can't get what he has for you without humility. When you think more of yourself than you should, you'll never get what God has. You always skim the surface. You always skim the surface. You'll never go the deep in things in God without humbling yourself. Okay? Because out of humility, that's how he exalts you. The Bible teaches us that. His mighty hand should humble you. You shouldn't be proud. You should be humbled. Okay? So he humbles himself and does what the masters say. All right? So he does something different than he normally does. He's where he's supposed to be, so he's not in sin. But he's going to do what the master say because the master has a plan that he doesn't know. The master wants to show him a principle that he doesn't understand. Okay? And I'm going to get to that principle. But we had omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. Okay? Go ahead, Fred. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So when they did this, they caught a whole bunch of fish, more than they've ever caught before, even fishing at night. And their nets were so heavy with fish, as they tried to drag, drag it in, it began to break. So you're sitting there going like, wow. He did what the master said, middle of the morning, middle of the day, or whatever time it was, 
and he did what the master said and the and Jesus God himself and they don't know that yet has told him to do a thing that's contrary to nature contrary to their experience contrary to how they do business and Jesus said cast on the other side and then he what he do and not the other side cast your nets into the water and then he pulls up these this all this whole that's a lot of fish a fish so much fish that they the nets begin to break these fresh mended nets begin to break okay so now we have the breaking of the nets so the question is the question would be there's another principle here of God a character of God that we must talk about the fishermen cast their nets hoping to catch fish Jesus told them to cast their nets and they did catch fish the question is what word describes an all-knowing God because Jesus had to know where the fish was? And he had had the power to put the fish into the net. So the word we're looking for is omniscience. Say, say omniscience. That's all-knowing. Jesus knew through his power that the fish were right where he needed them to be. That if they would obey him, everything would work out the way he said, Amen. not the way they thought. That's our problem, too. We be obedient and let God work out the details. We don't be obedient to try to work our plan. We be obedient to work his plan. Because remember, they didn't think that they won't get any fish. Which is natural. But they're dealing with an omniscience, omnipotent God. And omniscience is spelled O-M-S-C-I-E-N-T. Omniscient. Okay? An all-knowing God. So we have the character of omniscience. We have the character. We saw, we saw uh, uh, his, his, his omnipotent power. All power, all knowing. So Peter at first hand gets to see this. James gets to see this. Maybe James and John and them were at uh, Peter's house and saw this. Maybe they were at the synagogue and saw the power of the demonic world, the power over sickness, the power over this and that. And, and now they see that he knows stuff that nobody else could know. How would you know the fish were there? Because he's God. Because he's God. But again, you, we can look at it and know that, but think as they're going through it, they're not equating the two because Jesus spent a lot of time getting them to understand who he was. Yes. Matter of fact, he got frustrated. He said, how long have I been with y'all and y'all still don't get this? So we need to be patient with people who don't get it. But we need to show them things of God in our obedience to show God is real in our lives. So, so we now have the omniscience of God. We have the omnipotent power of God showing that he is something that we least expect, but something that we can respect. Because his word is true. His word is true. Always. So if Jesus instructs us to do something, then we will get the outcome of doing what he told us to do by being obedient. Okay? Now you have to remember, we're looking at a principle. So the principle today is omniscient. He knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. 
and he's all powerful. There's nothing he can't do. Okay? So we have Jesus. So go ahead, read for it. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. So it was such a catch that the boats that they used to fish with normally began to sink. Nets began to tear. Uh, boats began to sink. When you are obedient to the omnipotent, omniscient God, he can do exceedingly, above, abundantly, what? Above all or imagine. See, what you, when you're dealing with God, there is no resource that can be, uh, uh, how am I going to say, used up because he's the source of everything. God doesn't run out of anything. Because he created everything. And he's the one, I'm going to hurt some feelings. He's the one can declare and decree and call things into existence as though they were not. I read stuff all the time and it hurts my heart that people still doing stuff like this. I decree and declare that all your bills be paid. That you have. I decree and declare you go to work and pay all your bills. Amen. You don't, you don't just, this is not a, this is, he's not a genie. Okay. So we have this situation. Whereas this all powerful God is going to make a move. And, and he makes this move in front of them, and they are astounded. Keep reading. What's the next one? But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Now, he still doesn't recognize that he's God yet. But he's, a, he's getting closer mm -hmm. because he's witnessed two miracles, maybe even three. So Peter says, For this amount of what I've seen, and what I've heard, Peter has come to the conclusion that he's a wretch undone. And when you truly come into the word of God, it's a mirror to examine yourself. The miracles examined Peter and the rest of them, and they received it. But the message is what convicted them. Why would he say a sinful man and send miracles? That doesn't drop you to your knees. It's the miracles and the message. And the message is he's there to bring good news to all those who need it. And now what they watched is a supernatural move of God mm. upon them, all those who were witnesses, that says, I'm that one. I'm the one you've been looking for. I'm the one that you've been expecting. I am the Lord. And when you come up as a human being, to the true Jesus, and your first reaction is, I'm a sinful man. Peter didn't brag on the catch. Peter didn't act like he does he named it and claimed it and deserved it. <laughs> what Peter did was, in humility, he understood his state up next to the holiness of God. And that's what we should do. When we, when we come into the presence of God and his word, it should humble us first. And let me tell you, I always say there's the same word that cuts you is the same word that's going to cure you. Amen. It doesn't need to be altered. 
Because he says his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So you have Peter, James, John, and all of these witnesses. Now, now pay attention. Watching as they go through, being taught, being preached to, watching the miracles that confirm who Jesus is so that Theophilus can trust in what he's been taught. The miracles confirm the message. A sign has a bigger something behind it, like the exit sign. If you didn't know what exit mean, you know that there should be a door right there. What if you walk up to the exit sign and there's this wall? You'd be like, that exit sign is out of place because it doesn't point to what is necessary. Well, Jesus' miracles actually uh, validate who he is, but it's his message. Because guess what? Whether you receive a miracle or not, you need to understand where he was sent there for. He said in chapter 4, I was sent for this reason. What's the reason? To give the good news. We get to look back and see and say, ah, we know who he is because you have the, the signs and wonders and you have the message that, that comes along with it. So signs and wonders without the message is useless. But you don't need signs and wonders to receive the message. Because now, in the dispensation that we're in now, how do we receive the message of God? By faith. See, he, he did outward things that you could see, touch, feel, and smell. Can you imagine... That much fish, it probably stunk, you know what I'm saying? In the heat of the day. But it was what God wanted to do. And then what he told them, he told them, don't be afraid. Go ahead, read freedom. All the way down to the end. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. They are strictly underhood. They are amazed, astonished, bewildered. They don't know who is this man. And you know what I started when I started reading? Luke, y'all need to read Luke all the way through a couple of times. You hear this question over and over again, sister. Who is this man? Who? Put that you want. Makes the wind stop. Who is this man that can forgive sins? Who is this man that can make demons come out? Who is this man? We know who this man is. He's God incarnate. So they were astonished. So they asking them, the, the question is not here, but the question is right there in front of you. They are amazed. When you are amazed, you're like, who, what, who, what is going on? What is really going on here? What is really happening here? Who is this man? They were astonished. They were amazed. They were bewildered. They were wondering, okay, how much more can we take? But all this was for, for them to get the message. All right, go ahead. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. By two or three witnesses, everything is established. All right, go ahead. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. Go ahead. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. He said, be astonished, but don't fear. Stand up. From now on, from now on, from this point forward, what you did naturally will have spiritual ramifications for salvation. You will be catchers of men. So what we're going to do is we're going to apply the net to a different kind of catch, which is souls of men. And you're going to be the ones who used to fish for fish, but now you're going to fish for men. And if I have told you to cast your nets out and catch fish how much more if you be obedient to what I tell you to do 
Will you catch the souls of men and bring them to me? How much more would you bring the souls of men and bring them to me? We, everybody who say, male or female, is a fisherman. Amen. We fish for men and women's souls. Because that is, what is, 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 that is what is at stake in dealing with the gospel. No matter how many programs we have, no matter how many sessions we have, God is going to ask you only one question. What did you do with my son? And what did you do with the gospel that I gave you that was about my son? Did you go out and fish? Or did you just do religious activity? Did, did what we do bring about somebody hearing the gospel? Or we're just doing something to put a notch in our belt? Okay? That's what we're going to say, I never knew you. Because you didn't take the challenge of being obedient to be a fisherman. You know what, Doc? Go ahead. I'm just thinking about what you were saying about them being fishermen. You said the nets going out now and being fishermen of men. And that it just came across it too. And we're talking about the stinky one. Mm -hmm. Because the saints of God, we sometimes have, you know, I can't talk to this person, you know, tell them about, you know, we have a, a, um, a in our heads, some of us have, there's only certain people that we can talk to mm -hmm. about salvation. We can't get dirty. We can't deal with the stinky, you know, and stuff like that. But, yes, it just kind of Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to say even more to that. You won't do the work that brings in a heavy load. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want the lightweight load. Yeah. You know, think about it. Bringing in that overabundance of fish was hard work. That didn't come easy. Yes. God didn't give them the strength of Samson to do that. They had to you they think about it, they've been fishing all night, they tired. And now they got more fish than they've ever seen before. And being that they're fishermen, they're not gonna let it sit. They gotta bring it in. And again, the net's about to break, the boat's about to sink. All of that. That was heavy work. Somebody had to go out and push the boat to the shore to make sure it didn't tip. Okay? Well, same thing with us. I don't like what you said, Sister Brown. That's a good analogy because it makes me think, you're right. We always want the soft stuff. We want to do it in cushion. We don't want to do it like John the Baptist. You know, and we want to compromise. We don't want to tell people the truth. We want to kind of soften it up and let them tell us that because we tell them the truth that we're being mean because we don't coddle their sin or whatever it may be. But the, but the key is this thing that God has given us to do, I tell people all the time. It's not easy. And if you're not used to practicing it, then you'll never perfect it. You'll never perfect it. If you can't explain your own salvation, how do you expect to explain it to somebody else to get saved? You can talk in tongues. You can have, you can do all that church stuff. But how does that equate to somebody's soul getting saved? It doesn't. He gave us one assignment, get saved souls. He told us we his ambassadors, we the light. All these simple things, but we always want to do the extraordinary things that not really are not really extraordinary at all because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. So you have them being astonished. You have them, and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And, and think about it. This is the moment that Peter, James, and John left everything and follow Jesus. So they saw his 
omniscience, they saw his omnipotence, and they saw some miracles, and they heard the word, and the word was so compelling, the best preacher in the world, because it's his word he preaching, has preached to them, has showed them, has demonstrated his power to them, and they at that moment, because he said what they were going to do from that moment forward, no more fishing for fish, you will be fishers of men, and they dropped everything and followed him. Now, let's look at this forensically. We have no record of how Peter's wife got taken care of. We have no record of if Peter had children per se. We don't know none of that. It's interesting to talk about because Jesus has told them that at that point they, they dropped everything and followed him. They left from what we see, they went on the road with Jesus, right? But I got this funny suspension. This is my opinion. Some of you can agree with this or not. When you obey God, and even God, and he tells you to leave some things that you are dear to, when you're walking under his obedience, I think he's promised somewhere in his Bible to take care of all your needs according to his riches and glory. So, so, so when I talk, thought about that, then I had to go to that scripture and say, oh, okay. So if you're doing what God has called them to do, they're, they're people take care of. Somehow, some way, that fishing business went on. Just like the widow at Zarephath. When she obeyed God, her, 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 her ability to make cake never ran out. Her vats of oil never ran dry. She had what she needed, the barley. She had everything she needed. And it came supernaturally because she was obedient in one part of her life to the man of God. And then God said, you never will run out. We learned that in chapter 4, and I think that's in Kings chapter 7, 1 Kings chapter 17. And then we got also the fact, with, I mean chapter 3, then we got also fact in Luke where he talked about the obedience of who? What was the leper's name? That went back. What was the leper's name? I got the widow at Zarephath. What was the leper's name? That was told to go Nathan. wash seven, huh? Nathan. Nahum. Nahum. He was told to go wash. By his obedience, he became clean. There's a lot, God power in your life and what I've learned in my life that you should get from these stories is when you are obedient to God, God's power will work in your favor, in your life. No matter how hard the job may seem, no matter how ridiculous it may be within reason, just be obedient to what God has taught you. Now, I'm not talking about what none of these hucksters say to you, okay? I'm talking about what's in this scripture. Amen. And your level of understanding where you at in scripture, your measure of faith that lets you be enlightened to what's in scripture to follow what God do. All I know is that in the New Testament, in the dispensation of grace, the more I do things by faith and please God, the more I can walk in the spirit of God and demonstrate the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control. All of that stuff comes under the obedience of walking in love. If I don't walk in love, I can't walk in the power. Because it's the love for humankind of all races that he was obedient until the end that opened the door for us to be saved. So when God gives you a hard assignment or your church seems like it's going to have a hard assignment, just think about these fishermen who trusted God and did what God told them to do. Now, again, you got to measure and see if it's, if it's of God. But I think with us, you already know we're not going to do nothing foolish. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Sister Curl ain't gonna let me do nothing foolish. Amen. Sister Brown ain't gonna let me do nobody gonna let me do nothing foolish up in here. I don't think of foolish things to do. 
Because I understand that it's in our obedience to the message of God. James 1, 26 and 27. We see what we need to be doing as far as that's concerned. Taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. So when we reach out and do that, no matter how hard it may be, God has blessed us. We were a service ministry and a word ministry, and God has blessed us. So we don't leave where we what we did to get here to do something else. We just double down and do more of it. And that's being obedient to God. And that's where our power lies. We can experience the omnipotent power of God, and we can and we can trust that he knows everything. And if he gives us an assignment, that's the right thing to do. If it matches up with his word, because we have something to wed against. It says, know the spirit by the spirit. Well, what that means is when you test the spirit, you test it. But the spirit that you tested by is the word of God. Because he said, my word is spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of you will guide you into what is true, what is not true. And it will glorify and testify him. That's how you know that you're doing something uh, 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 right because whatever's being done in the external will end up glorifying him. What is this ministry or what is this person who goes out and does this? Well, then that's the question you can answer. It's the God in me. It's the Jesus in me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. Let me tell you about the Jesus who saved me to put me in a mindset to do this. That's where the church should be. All these conferences and all that stuff I hate to say it, it's a waste of time. And a waste of resources. And a waste of resources. You go and you think you're getting filled and all you're doing is going to a concert getting your flesh filled. <laughs> and it's okay, that's what you want to do, but there are some churches out here that got work to do with the poor, with the homeless, with those who are, think about it, every, uh, Isaiah 61 and 1, this is who we work with, go read Isaiah 61 and 1 and 2. Now start at, you know, stop at B. Don't go into the wrath part. Read that. This is who we work with. And then we're done for today. So we got through 11 verses today. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. See, that's we work with. The afflicted, the blind, the captive. And he's anointed you to do so. Amen. And the poor. And the poor. He's anointed you to do so. That's our mission. It's so simple, but everybody want to do everything else. Because like Sister Brown say, that that there means that you got to deal with everybody. Not just the church folk. And that's another thing. When we come to church as a congregation... We come to fellowship and celebrate each other and the God that we serve. Okay? This is not the work. The work is out there somewhere. We come here to get energized. We come here to get instructed. We come here to get synagogue. We learn what synagogue means today. Instruction. You come to Bible study for instruction. And you take the instruction and you internalize it. You pray over it. You, you digest it and chew on it. And then... You decide to take what you understand out there. Everybody heard these first 11 verses. And each one of you I digested different. But I want you to come to one conclusion. You need about her fishing. <laughs> you need about her fishing. I don't care what else you come up with. 
But the bottom line is, he wanted to make them fishers of men, and we're anointed to do the same thing because we're followers of Christ too. We're his disciples also. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what has went out to the people. Lord, thank you for showing us, yes, the work is hard, but the obedience is better. You even said you'd rather have obedience rather than sacrifice. And only through the humility of obeying you can we see the power of God within our lives and the lives of others. So, Lord, let us be bold and brave and go out and do what you told us to do. Let us not look to the left or the right and get caught up in today's culture wars and culture world. We know that you can't legislate love. Love only comes from Jesus Christ who sacrificed his son, sacrificed on the cross for us, who bled for us, who has justified us with his blood, that there's no more condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you that, that we can walk in the power of the resurrection, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day that you have made and let us what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Walk with True Christian Fellowship Church. You can look in the description box below and see how to contact us. And if you'd like to donate, please do so. You have a blessed day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's teaching. We hope you have been inspired and encouraged. Please look in the description box for our contact information. All are welcome and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Be encouraged, blessed, and at peace and remember walk in truth.